In a perfect storm, Richard Wolfson QC reviews a high-profile inquiry into a wrongful conviction with details of a criminal investigation and a prosecution that careened off the tracks. Finishing the section is Marilyn Sanford's 27 Lost Years, which gives a compassionate account of the release of a wrongfully convicted man after a long prison sentence. The Criminal Code of Canada defines culpable homicide as including crimes of murder, manslaughter, and infanticide. In the homicide section, Earl Levy, QC, starts out with Toronto Loses Its Innocence, The Shoeshine Boy Murder, a chapter that has social ramifications well beyond its horrendous facts. Next, Justice Peter Martin's Man's Inhumanity is a chilling indictment of the profound effect of absolute evil. John Rosen's account of Defending Paul Bernardo provides insight into the ethical duty to undertake the defense of all who ask for a lawyer's professional services. Justice Fred Ferguson, in his greatly moving chapter, The Case of John Ryan Turner, informs us of the agonizing decision required of this Crown Prosecutor on the just and appropriate charge to prefer. To end the section on homicide, William Smart QC takes us on a surprising ride of twists and turns in The Rest of the Story, introducing us to Mr. Big. In the section on reasonable doubt, Air India gives us an idea of the magnitude and scope of the four-and-a-half-year commitment through the eyes of Richard Peck, QC. In Corpora Delecti, Noel O'Brien, QC, then illuminates the spectacle of the police and the prosecution scratching their heads over the absence of a body in a homicide trial. In the Antigonish Beach Hill murders, a jury in a small community appreciates defense counsel Joel Pink, QC's, admonition to them on reasonable doubt. Following that, it took the worldly ex-cop Pat Fagan, QC, to fight for an acquittal in the aftermath of a deadly fistfight in his story, Boys Will Be Boys. Finishing the section, Brian Barish, QC's, In Defense of Larry Fisher, emphasizes the isolation of the criminal lawyer who takes on a challenging defense brief for an unpopular client. Originally a military term, collateral damage in our context means disproportional damage visited on sympathetic targets. A prime example is Democratic Freedoms Undermined, Mark Brayford QC's article that strongly endorses jury nullification in his championship of Robert Latimer. Next, in Split Seconds Matter, Marie Hennon discloses a courageous defense strategy where harsh damage was caused to the former Attorney General of Ontario, a person who should not have been a target at all. To end this section in Weighing Moralities of a Victimless Crime, Editor C.D. Evans, QC, fulminates against sanctimonious prosecutions. In community, we encounter observations of defense counsel as they express, in unique ways, feelings of fellowship. Firstly, William Trudell's story, The Walkerton Tragedy, describes the generosity and forgiveness of a town stricken with contaminated water. Then Honorable John Verti's story, The Case of Henry Inuksuk, 
depicts the rallying of a remote Inuit community in support of one of theirs who has fallen. Still within the theme of community, forensic psychologist Dr. Thomas Dalby examines the impacts of the Tabor school shooting, including factors to be considered when deciding on youth or adult court for young offenders. It remains for Hirsch Walsh, QC, in The Young Prosecutor's Trial by Fire to take us into his first homicide case as the raising of the curtain on an outstanding career. Just about every Canadian at one time or another will come into contact directly or indirectly with the criminal law and our adversarial system. The two-sided system of law under which criminal trial courts operate that pits the defense against the prosecution. On one side of the debate, the Crown prosecutor must do his or her duty to the public, and on the other side, the criminal defense lawyer must do his or her duty to the client.